Welcome to Subject to Change, a sustainability podcast. So Brian, welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. We tend to just kind of dive right in. Brian starts with the Ministry for the Future. Kim Stanley Robinson's terrific science fiction novel, Ministry for the Future, there's actually a UN organization. We we don't have that. Um, We have multiple movements, but they're very, very thin. And uh, I mean, the the UN SDGs come close mm -hmm. to to identifying the, I mean, they do identify the things we should be paying attention to, but there's no implementation of tactics. There's right. no, con, there's no, there's no, inf, no control, no guidance, no enforcement per se. It's voluntary and it's uh, encouraging. Well, the SDGs are, are, a, are, a, are a framework of a framework. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they have no timeline. As you say, they have yeah. no enforcement. Think differently about economics. For higher education, I keep coming back to this because this is something that we can study sure. in our academic yeah. research. It's something we can teach in our teaching, um, and maybe you know intervene in uh, to some degree. Uh, you know, I look at things like um, uh, excuse me, Rawarth's uh, book on donut economics. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, steady state economics. Do you think there's the push for degrowth um, mm-hmm. and in you know, the circular economy? Uh, I was talking to Kim Stanley Robinson. He says what we need to do is academics need to figure out how to come up with a better way of assessing enterprises besides profit and loss. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about how the how the, the happiness index is a much more honest, sure. Sure. honest and, and moral way of deciding if a country is being successful than the GDP, because GDP goes up whenever there's a war. Whenever there's a crisis, you know, we're basing our success on how chaotic things can be. Mm-hmm. Check out the culture series. Yeah, Banks was a, a, a Scots writer who published something like a novel every 30 seconds. I mean, just an extraordinarily prolific man. Uh, died a few years ago. Uh, and he's got a huge reputation now, in part because the, uh, the, the culture, I mean, all of his books are interesting, but the, the culture series is about a far future um, galaxy-spanning uh, utopia, which simply works. Um, and peop- and the, the challenge for every book is to actually have it be interesting because utopias are not that great for stories. Um, <laughs> right, and- there needs to be a conflict and a resolution in order for there to be a story sure. arc, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I look to that- I don't of- actually agree with that, but- <laughs> well, in, in terms in terms of literature, at least in terms of literary market, we know that yeah. right now we're crazy for dystopias. Um, but a lot of utopias are basically uh, travelers' guides, um, and uh, and it's you know it's it's so funny. I, I just have to put this plug in for another set of books, which is Please. not it's it's outside the the realm of science fiction. It's really almost like a fantasy magic kind mm-hmm. of. And, and what I've always loved about this series of books, and it's written by Deborah Geary, is that there, there are no bad guys and there's no big conflict, but all of the books are written about, are written about a community that's trying to, and individuals are trying to figure out their own strength and their own purpose within that community. So mm. there's a lot of vibrancy and a lot of development and a lot of growth and a lot of interchange, but there's no bad guy. There's the, no like evilness. Is the Modern Witch series? Yes. And That's it's what it's called. Reading. Modern Witch series. The, there's like there are like 13 books and they line up in different ways. There's the Modern Witch series, and then there's some other little series that go in that. But that universe that she's created has it's just kind of brilliant. They're really 
there aren't any bad guys. Hmm. There are just people trying to figure out their own shit. So just half an hour ago, I was in an online book club and people were talking about Kim Stanley Robinson's Ministry of the Future. And there was an argument about, does the novel have an antagonist? And the conclusion was really, no, there wasn't a villain. Yeah. Um, and that was, so I'm glad to see, Jody, that somebody else has really run with this idea. Um, I, I think- I don't even know if it was intentional, but it's, it, I find it very, very, I won't say calming, but very hmm. friendly. I feel very safe when I'm reading the books because it helps me realize that we're each and every one of us is a work in progress. And maybe, maybe that's one of the facets that can be part of a future view is that, and it's kind of like redefining the term growth. Maybe growth isn't outward. Maybe growth is inward. So these books always speak to me in what am I, mm. what do I need to develop in me to be fitting into this society in a really fulfilling way. I love that idea as as part yeah. of a as a part of a positive a positive image of the future. And without it, I don't think you can really have a positive image of the future. And don't forget how gaming can change how our minds work. The only revitalization, the only real change I've seen in the last 20 years is is a change in how board games were played. <laughs> am I am I seeing Catan back there? Yeah. Yeah, all of the all of the games that you build yes. as you play, or in your, they're yeah. collaborative, but they're also they're also yeah. somebody wins, and and it's like an entire like there are very few industries that I can name that have had a radical change. The board game industry is one, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to make this my homework assignment. What other industry has had a radical change? Architecture certainly hasn't yet haven't no. had a radical change. No, uh, board games. Well, but, gaming in general. I mean, think yeah. computer games and yeah. board games both are are enormous sources of creativity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I keep I keep you know, terrifying my wife by bringing back new board games, and she's like, "Stop, stop!" You know, we, um, we've you know, got a lot. Oh, I, I I can't show you mine. I'm not. Um, you know, <laughs> but uh, the um, uh, you know you, you think about just you know Euro games, and you think about um, all the you know all the the breakout, the rethinking of design, of having more women designers. Oh God, and, yeah. Uh, and and all this is terrific. And then computer games is actually almost too big to follow because you have yeah. such a huge, crazy diversity of stuff. Yeah, um, I've lost traction there, but um, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. I can't do I can't well, explore Jody, all of that fantastic stuff. Let's, let's, let's talk about board games later. I'd, I'd love to run a couple of ideas yeah. past you. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I want to do a climate module for Catan that well, I've, I've, I've sort of almost done. Now, have so. you played the game CO2? No. No, I'm, I've been I've been looking for the new edition of it. I, I haven't played it yet, but it's uh, okay. it's a historical game starting in the 70s, I think. Um, trying really? to give you the chance of addressing climate. This has been some special content diving deep into books with Brian Alexander, Futurist. Thank you. And I'd like to come back, uh, say this winter or next year. Yeah, I'll get it oh, on that's, the books. That's I'll great. email you next week. <laughs> Please do. Please do.